1: Almost Famous Minute, where we're discussing the 2000 Cameron Crowe film Almost Famous, one minute at a time. I'm Eric Nash from Feels Like Weezer.
0: I'm from Detroit, Michigan.
2: <laughs> Niall
0: McGowan. <laughs> uh, no, I'm actually yeah, I'm Niall McGowan from Batman. I should have said from Batman. Oh <laughs> no. damn it! I messed up my own intro. Oh damn
1: it. Oh well. Oh well. <laughs> Um, the, the 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 biggest thing right off the back, I, I think, is is this song mm. in the huddle that they sing. <laughs> That's,
0: do you know what are the lyrics to this song? Because I can get da 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 da. Sounds like lots of fun. Once you get on my back for a piggyback, I've never deciphered what the beginning.
1: Yeah, is. Th- those earlier ones. Yeah, those are even tougher. Except I did find what, what I found. Besides, get on my back for payback ride, and, and your little bit there too. That, that's helpful. But I found these three words in Google searching a, a good bit: song and pong. <laughs> I don't know what the frick they mean. I mean, how they re- could relate to this this song that they're singing. Mm. Um, but it's, it's, it's just this, I mean, it's for, for the, again, for these guys from Detroit, you know, a, a Northern city, um, and here in the U S, um, for the band to supposedly be made up of, be based on, you know, mostly, um, Southern country rock bands. Um, this, it, this definitely lends to that. You know, this is this more, um, down home <laughs> mm. uh, uh twang a, a bit of twang to it kind of of a uh, with some lyrics and 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 the the uh kind of almost almost a yodel, to a yodel They almost bring it to a yodel i think mm.
0: <laughs> i was really curious though cuz i know from perusing the imdb trivia um mm. this is based on like this exact thing of like him ben that haul- william ben hald in to the the group huddle Mm-hmm. Uh is based on apparently Eddie Vedder did this two camera okay. crow mm-hmm. uh at a Pearl Jam uh gig at Lollapalooza back in like presuming like the early nineties or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, before yeah before uh, this movie. That's fair. Yeah.
0: But like I'm just wondering if it was like was this the chant he was doing, or was it like, oh, they had their own and, pearl? And chant. again,
1: that would be that would be kind of crazy to hear from this from this Seattle band, yeah. yeah. You know, which is, again, that's it's, it's not the South. Mm. I just <laughs> love to hear Eddie Vedder do it. Yeah.
0: Get on my yeah. For a <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: we had a um, it was a one of the, the hot bands in our hometown. They had a thing where, uh, like, they, they they were one of the groups of like, oh, they're they're gonna make it. Like, a, they were flouted for like a, a record deal and stuff way back mm-hmm. back back in the day. But the, the, I think I imagine the one thing that probably sank them was when you ever saw them live. The lead singer was so blatantly doing an Eddie Vedder impression oh, yeah. that was distracting. <laughs> like, you're just like, all you're doing is like Eddie Vedder, and then he stopped that and he started doing Ian Brown. From the stone roses. I was <laughs> so like, okay, I think you've, I think I've sorted out your problem, guy. <laughs> it's like, you need to find your own sound, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, although they're saying that though, like got banned Greta Van Fleet, like they're big at the minute, okay. and they sound so much like early Zeppelin that that's also a point of distraction where you're like, <laughs> can you get away with this? Like, it's like, just like, oh yeah, I'm just doing what those guys did and sound identical to them. <laughs> But, uh, hey, I'm not them, and it's an original song. So, technically, I'm not doing anything illegal, but
1: you uh, <laughs> have to wonder. Um, and so, you know, William is brought into the huddle here, and it's uh, Jeff Beebe saying, hey, get the enemy in, in here, oh. and, Rus- and Russell pulling him.
0: Oh, I never spotted it was Jeff actually I'm, I'm He's quite, saying it. quite... Quite positive. That's like just goes you, you you stroke that guy's ego. <laughs>
1: there you go. I mean, that was not the best friends. And and yeah, I mean, I, I think Russell does probably call him the enemy once or twice in the movie, but it's, it's Jeff that's the preponderance. And I think mm. it, at this point, it's I, I think it's just the sure bet that that Jeff is is the one yeah. that's saying oh. that. And Russell, the one that's kind of complying with it, you know, closest to him and and pointing him in. I think it only really becomes pronounced, like, during the, like, how
2: do we know you're not a fucking cop?
0: Oh, that's, 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 (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, yeah, that's, uh, one of the things too, like, didn't notice that it was Jeff saying to get him in the huddle, but one thing that is very notable is that, like, you're getting a blast of Jason Lee's real singing voice. Yes. And you're like, oh, yeah. that's why that's why they dubbed him
1: on, on stage. Yeah. Well, and that comes back just a little bit, again, uh, towards the end with the uh, the Rolling Stone cover <laughs> yeah. of the Rolling Stone song.
0: I wonder, though, because like, apparently Cameron Crowe thought that was passable. But again, on the IMDb mm-hmm. trivia, they, they mentioned that like apparently Patrick Fugit's singing was so bad during oh. the Tiny Dancer sequence mm-hmm. that he, he drowned him out in the sound mix. He's like, oh, no, no, I couldn't have him. <laughs> audible at all he was terrible but like oh you think you'd want to do it with um with Jason Lee he's the, he's the big rock singer but it's like when you hear you hear that blast of Jason Lee vocal it's like oh yeah you're, you're gonna need a, a different guy to come in here to handle this yeah
1: well and I think I think there's a big matter of uh, so he's not being amplified so so it's a little more I think uh, hideable you know okay when he's amplified he sounds like this mm. Oh, it Come could be microphone. as well.
0: Actually, to be fair, because I've um yeah. I've had to watch quite a few times. Uh, looking after the the little one year old who lives downstairs with me, mm-hmm. um, we watch the movie Sing quite a bit. Oh yeah, and there's a bit where like yeah, there's someone doing like a birthday party, and one of the people comes along and they do a whole bit like Happy Birthday, like really big. Supposed to be very impressive vocals, yeah. um, as you can you know no doubt judge from my fantastic vocal performance uh, just then. <laughs> But uh, when you're watching it, you're like nobody sings "Happy Birthday" in their like stage voice. Like you, I guess you, if you're a singer, you go on and then you engage and you're like, "This is my performed singing voice where I'm singing from the diaphragm and I'm really getting into it." Right. But if yeah, Jeff Bebe was singing "Happy Birthday," I doubt he's going to put in the effort. Maybe so they could, that, you could use that as an excuse. It's like that's not his on stage voice. That's his like kind of like he's borderline just yelling it
1: kind of yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's what 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 you're saying with "Happy Birthday" and singing in a like a stage voice. That's that's uh for our version of The Office, Mm. uh Steve Carell doing Michael Scott. Oh yeah, (laughs) you know, and that's that's a pretty popular uh, sound clip Mm. of him singing, really, (laughs) really uh obnoxiously Uh, (laughs) "Happy Birthday" in in a very sing, very more professional style of singing. Yeah.
0: I think I'm very much a proponent of like, i have infinitely prefer the US office to the, the UK one. Okay, yeah. as well as I noticed mm-hmm. though, like, uh, Americans have a lot more um, tolerance for. I think it was a lot, I that a lot of American people really love English things. Because I guess maybe because it's over there to you guys, it's yeah. like, oh, this is all so kind of <laughs> exotic almost. <laughs> but when you're over here and you're surrounded by this stuff, like, Unless it's cream of the crop, I'm like, oh, I don't care. Yeah. So like, yeah, the the UK office, I was never all that impressed by, but the US office, well, I was like, hmm. oh, this is just genuinely a very very funny show because they're just like, yeah, all that um, kind of realistic humor where it's all just like, oh, remember how embarrassing this would be for you? We did mm-hmm. that for a bit, but now we're just gonna do like really silly, kind of almost cartoony things, <laughs> and mm-hmm. this is like, this is way better <laughs> because it's, it's actually <laughs> like it's actually actively funnier and stuff, but. Anyway, this isn't the office
1: minute, <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's not the off five. Yeah, <laughs> hey, friend of friend of the show, a friend of mine from watch, the Watchmen days, <laughs> Nathan. Um, but um, so so then uh, so they break up the huddle, and they, they go up the stairs, and then we see on the floor on the stage in the this darkened area, but I guess somewhat lit up where where these are these these arrows mm. on the floor. Um, so my comment, my big comment on that, so this is, this is to avoid, uh, the spinal tap problem, right? Yeah. (laughs) Getting them to the, (laughs) to the right place at the right time and so forth.
0: Yeah. Maybe that was the thing. Like, oh, they did it in the seventies. And then after a while, people were like, of course we know our way to the stage. And then they got rid of them. And then they didn't, in the eighties, they had to bring them back. It's like, oh, those goddamn spinal tap assholes got themselves lost.
1: (laughs) Oh, and the, uh, the other thing is though, too, uh, a little bit more of a, uh. I have a more of a, a, a problem for sure understanding who's saying what here. Mm. At, at first, for a little bit, I thought uh, it was uh, when they break the huddle, it was San Diego, you ready, baby? <laughs> and then someone else, I think, I think someone else says, would, would respond, hell yeah. Mm. But I think it's Jeff that's responding, hell yeah. And so the person saying, you ready, baby, is actually saying, you ready, bb oh so probably yeah. russell yeah yeah um that makes it's, it's there's eh, a fine it, distinction there i mm. think between the two possibilities <laughs> <laughs> and who's saying what though Let's um I have one question though about like
0: maybe this is standard practice if you're a big rock band but like yeah because it's cutting to all the things getting set up and then there's some guy sitting backstage yeah. with a guitar Oh yeah. As if he's about the. So I'm guessing is he like an off stage rhythm guy or something or who? Why, why is he?
1: I doubt there? it. Well, well. What, so what, it, what? What I'm used to what I'm when I'm aware of is is uh, you know for the if you've ever noticed at a concert the handoffs the chain changes in different guitars that, oh, that okay. the that the players will have in between songs for, hmm. for the next song coming up. So this is this is a roadie, a guy that's uh, guitar a guitar tech. That uh, you know is making sure it's in tune. Okay, so that makes... he, he probably has a pair of headphones there. We don't see him. I don't see anything like that. But
2: uh, the next
1: guy we actually see the next guy operating the soundboard, which I'm even more familiar with because um, I've been doing that for uh, the church I attend hmm. um, a lot for many years now. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, I mean that's that's just what I I gather. I you know I'm I think I'm aware that that kind of thing does happen. Uh, for some, for some bands or groups, um, where they, they would have off-stage uh, musicians also playing. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, so know like you have, um, yeah, like Green Day. So
0: no, they have like mm. the three main guys from Green Day, and then there's yeah. another guy that you barely ever see, but he's on stage. But he's always in the back and
1: stuff. Well, yeah, like, I was like, oh, that's okay. yeah. There's <laughs> definitely, yeah. There's definitely those other performers that that very much are on stage, at, but and are just are just for concerts. Are are uh, you know uh, musicians that uh, just uh, tour and go to con- you know play play concerts for bands mm-hmm. and and can be doing that for many many years too. Yeah. Um. With, Although actually, with in... sometimes little changeover or, or a lot changeover <laughs> for yeah. some bands. I'm sure.
0: Well, they always get the they the, the, um, the tying into. Previous episodes, like in, in the last waltz, you have Neil Young performing helpless, uh-huh. but then Joni Mitchell is doing the backing vocals backstage. So he cuts to the oh, shot okay. of her kind of sitting like in behind some curtain somewhere, huh. as if they were like, Oh, she wants to do the vocal, but she doesn't want to be out. Then, like, yeah. everyone's like, It's Joni Mitchell, it's gonna be like, No, I'll <laughs> do my song later, but like, I'll might as well help out my buddy Neil <laughs> while he uh-huh. needs some backing vocals and stuff. Um, huh. but uh. Although it'll be something though this guy's like, "Oh, I am Stillwater, like I perform all the stuff those guys are just miming. That's why have you heard that Jeff Beebe guy singing backstage, you can't <laughs> sing a goddamn note. It's all me <laughs>
1: Um, so the uh the, the the song starts. It's it's uh so this is Fever Dog. Yeah, yeah. The first Stillwater song we're hearing. Mm. Um and it it definitely you know, it is definitely, you know, credited to Nancy Wilson. Yeah. Um it, it is in the on the soundtrack uh album. Um I think it's yeah, I think there's I think it was just one other We're still song, or no? Wait, it's it's the only one. It's the only one, and it's definitely the kind of the one that, uh, as we already saw a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, the one that uh, William kind of mm-hmm. mentions mentions to the band when they're mm-hmm. trying to get rid of them. Yeah, it's incendiary. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that, that's that's just Russell's guitar on it too. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I know they had that other one as well. That like, ooh, father, father. But I'm not too sure what you call that like it's it's kind of just there later on i don't think they have ever pay really yeah. much attention to it
1: yeah we definitely have names for those i'll yeah i can't recall what they're right now but we'll we'll definitely get to those mm.
0: i think uh somewhere too like peter frampton might have had a little hand like nancy wilson's accredited as like the, the songwriter but i think frampton right. might have had like a little oh yeah he was in there like and, and even and little...
1: cameron as well yeah too. yeah it's noted that uh you know he, he was certainly involved with 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 the songs you know it's, it's not not totally just up to nancy and or mm. uh, peter Frampton. Yeah. um the the other the other people playing in the band at at least at various points i mean you just mentioned the one um uh, uh other, the other the band the band that he's the uh, uh lead guitarist for is uh pearl jam mike mccready oh nice nice um he's he's so he's probably doing the russell guitar work i would bet mm. um ben smith is another one um he that's not sure which who who he what 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 instrument he might be playing um gordon kennedy um so he apparently worked with um eric clapton a bit peter frampton so so probably brought brought on brought in from peter frampton and you know and, and, and and so he's so he's definitely a guitarist, but just what else you know he could have been doing if if Mike McCready's <laughs> yeah. um, the lead guitar. So maybe he's more the rhythm, you know. Even though we don't have a band that necessarily yeah. has a rhythm guitar, you know. This is this is a band, um, you know, with a lead singer Jeff Bebe, Billy Crudup, is, you know, certainly noted as lead guitar, but uh, you know, I mean, that's that, that's certainly a, a Zeppelin thing, you know, where where Jimmy Page really kind of handled any kind of rhythm too, mm. um, when needed. But really, he's mainly lead guitarist. And it's, and it's such a you know that that that's such a good band as far as the bass player uh, being able to do, um, you know, kind of get his own uh, thing going between uh, rhythm and some melodies. I think. Yeah. Too. I have to wonder as well. Like, I'm,
0: I'm guessing they they recorded this, they record the song first, and then when they're shooting this. They were just playing it through, like to kind of imagine like that whole crowd was hearing Jason Lee doing his like
3: Fiva Dog,"
0: and they're just like, "Oh my god!" it's like, it's like "Oh did, no, no, no! You gotta get the actual recording we're gonna use in the movie, and then blast <laughs> yeah. that and have him mime to it instead of getting him to sing it." And then uh, it's like Billy Crudup just like just playing like uh, "Yankee Doodle" or something on the guitar, and <laughs> just be like, "Hey, guy, everybody looks great, right?"
1: Um, um, there's two others I'll mention now, but one, the one last one I'll, I'll, I'll save for next week because it'll be the vocals that you're talking about, mm. but I'd like to say it because we don't hear the vocals at all. Okay. This, yeah. This was, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you off. I'll, I'll tell you off mic after, but, um, <laughs> Peter Frampton. So he, he's listed as, as, you know, personnel for, you know, doing, doing, uh, some of the instruments and so forth. And then also another guy named John Bayless. Mm. So I have to imagine one of these guys, you know, I mean, maybe that John Bayless or Ben Smith, one of the two of them, I bet, must be the drummer. It's, it's, and it's very likely that the the, the bassist, the bass guitarist, uh, Larry, that we know Larry. Um, so he's Mark, Mark Kozilek. Mm. And so his, his main band, he has been, you know, uh, vocalist and, and, and a uh, guitarist for so i mean he's playing this bass guitarist i mean you know there's certainly plenty of times when uh when um uh guitarists certainly are become proficient enough at just the guitar that they can switch over and play bass uh, yeah. pretty easily you know possibly with a pick whereas most bass guitarists don't don't use a pick mm. but um so so and it's actually two different bands the one i was i've been much more familiar with is red house painters Okay. Um, if you're familiar with them, um, essentially throughout the '90s, um, and, but then this other one that's a little more folky, apparently, is called Sunkill Moon, hmm. and it's and it's K-I-L with one L. Okay. Um, so okay. By, I, I, by by definitely uh, uh, point out uh, Red House Painters for a connection with a. Um, let's see if I'm going to get this right. Yes uh the, how the the one song and it's a cover for for the red house painters that i absolutely adore and so it's the original artist is something was from earlier in the movie simon and garfunkel their song i am a rock oh, okay um that red house painters did, did a wonderful job and and mark Kozlek um on the vocals for it is is wonderful Hmm. It's, it's one of it's you know I'm 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 pretty into trying to listen to covers and and enjoy and enjoy them hopefully but and sometimes I, I get rubbed the wrong way on some but that is one that is just amazing. I oh. would suggest it.
0: Yeah, nice. Like post it in the uh, on the the, the band oh, yeah. aids page. <laughs> I'll
1: definitely be yeah. pointing that out further.
0: Although we got this uh, one thing I was curious about. Um... Is that like we, we skipped over the fact that it's uh, when they're introduced on stage, it's Dick who does it. And you see him right, later on, yeah. he, he seems to be like that's part of his job as manager is to introduce the band. I mm-hmm. never thought that was part of a manager's thing. Well, about... and I, I think
1: as, as we find out a little bit later in the movie, too, is, is that he's actually more of a road manager. Yeah. Even though he's considered their manager. What a lot of the stuff he does really is just road managing and, mm. and so that's that's i think that is kind of considered one of their one of their jobs that yeah. they'll often do i mean they, they you know i think i think if i think if he wasn't a road manager or if he was a road manager that didn't really care for his the sound of his own voice and mm. <laughs> but i th- but i think he kind of has this you yeah. know I just want to assume, deep though, down deep down desire of being being a rock star I too.
0: was always going kind to of assume that would have been like um that would have been uh maybe people with venue because they would know their yeah, own right. systems and stuff. we have a does that or, or something. Yeah, I think they,
1: they they would offer that, but I don't think that's necessarily a, a thing that uh, that's be up in the air. I think it's pretty up in the air.
0: I was was quite strange seeing uh, you know, the English comedian Bill Bailey one time, seeing one of his live shows. And then, you know, he does like a, you know, they do the encore and stuff. And then he's just literally backstage, and you hear him going, "Ladies and gentlemen, Bill Bailey." Yeah. And then he walks mm-hmm. back out. And it's like that was you who said that. <laughs> like, yeah. don't you have a I, guy I, I to introduce you, were you? Go there?
1: Yeah.
0: But uh, oh, we'll, we'll also say sure. too, like, uh, just a shout out to Noah Taylor. Just like,
1: oh, oh yeah.
0: One of the most prolific friggin' actors. Like, mm-hmm. in everything, that guy. You just can't forget. No matter what country. Like, so like, oh, watch an Australian film. Noah Taylor's in it. Watch an English movie. Noah Taylor's in it. Watch an American movie. Ro- no, Noah, Noah, he just shows up in everywhere. And I also know as well, um, he's part of the elite group. Uh, well, I don't know if you would call them elite group, but he's part of this the select few actors who have played Hitler multiple times. Mm-hmm. So now he did, um, he's on Preacher now. Right. Playing Hitler. But he played him in, I think, just after this. Like he's in that movie yeah. Max. Way back, like, early 2000s with uh, John Cusack. So wow. I just I wonder if people are approaching you to play Hitler twice. So you're just like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm comfortable with that, quite <laughs> yeah, frankly. Right. I'd rather I'd rather not, you know. <laughs> but I know a couple of people. Like, I know that Admiral Ozel from Empire Strikes Back, they did him a couple mm-hmm. of times. Mm-hmm. And then um, Udo Kerr and stuff. But I guess it's just like it's 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 work <laughs> i guess if you think i was good at that then uh i guess i'm happy enough playing this uh this genocidal maniac <laughs> a couple of more times
1: um and and there there is the uh the one uh further uh Cameron crow connection that he has with uh, uh his next movie uh vanilla sky mm. so he he's he's the uh the the behind the behind the <laughs> curtain mm. Guy that uh, that's, that's, that uh, is guiding him. I Have to say moments. though,
0: because this this movie is nearly well, it's nearly twenty years yeah. old now. So, yep, is this really like the last great Cameron Crowe
1: movie? Because <laughs> been like, twenty years, but all I'm thinking of is like possible. Yeah, I mean, I, I, now I did watch recently, you know, somewhat before uh, the starting the show proper. Um, I did watch uh, Elizabeth Town. It's mm. a pretty good movie. It, it was interesting, but yeah, it's certainly not. I think that's, so that's you wouldn't rank as high as I. Maybe would rank
0: it's, this one. it might be a testament to this movie though, yeah. and the fact that like, because I remember I was all geared up to see Elizabethtown when it came out, and I was I think it was my first year at university, and I was at a, I was suggested going with my girlfriend at the time, oh. and she was like, "I'm not going to see that. It looks terrible." <laughs> but I was like, "It's the guy I made almost famous," and she's like, "Oh no 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 no." So I've, I've still I've still never seen it, um, but I know that it it birthed. The article that created the manic pixie dream girl, like trope, like the, oh. some, the the writer of that article is like I'm Kirsten Dunst's character in that movie. That's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, that's so close. It's like that could have been Penny Lane if it was if the if this movie yeah. wasn't as good, you could have been like she's a manic pixie dream girl. But you don't get that vibe from her. She's like, no, Penny Lane's got something else going on. Um, but you know, maybe in the uh, Cameron Crowe Off the Boil. You could have, you could have had that. They could have been that trope could have been birthed from this. It's only like five years off, really. So, uh, a big,
1: dodge the bullet with that one, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and then like I've said uh, recently, also uh, on other episodes, uh, you know, a, a few of his more recent movies I just have not gotten around to see. I think I might have watched like the pilot episode of Roadies. Mm. as well i think that but was that, again another that one. died its death yeah series you know
0: i think i was all like oh yeah i'm gonna th- that's that's gonna be great and then i was like no <laughs> reviews piled in they're like don't don't bother and then um i think it was the same too with uh aloha all i yeah. know about aloha is people like it landed and people like Went why crazy. is uh, yeah why is emma stone playing a whole yeah. hawaiian person <laughs> <laughs> when she's very blatantly not hawaiian and then people are like, beyond that, the film's terrible, but that's also like a what the hell kind of thing in it. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, we're yeah, still sitting around waiting for the, the, the grand Cameron Crowe. Like, you know, we want a yeah. Kate Hudson, mm-hmm. Kate Hudson or whatever you call it. The Cameron Crowe
1: when, When's that coming? And, and the one before this, I mean, I think that can stand i mean that, that that's i think that's the more notice most noticeable of his most mainstream of his jerry maguire mm. oh yeah yeah that's true i yeah. mean you know i mean between those jerry, jerry maguire and this i think that's 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 a pretty great feat mm. um,
0: i think even compared um, yeah. to like unfortunately it shows you the how well this movie walks the line though because jerry maguire one of my instant things is like oh yeah that annoying kid like the cutesy annoying kid in Jerry Maguire, but then it's like you could have done that with this as well. You could have had cutesy moments with William or something as well. He could have been like even the stuff at the beginning when like he's doing the eleven and all that stuff. That could have been like uh, it's a bit too much, but they just they just managed to walk that line so so very carefully. Um, that's what I think. Like the mo- the movie to me is literally kind of perfect except one scene near the end which i don't care for because i think it's a bit too cheesy where um for talking about like oh these girls don't wear protection and they eat all the steak Ooh. i hate that line and then she goes into a really? little thing about like you know, the love music so much it hurts and it just seems like this is a bit uh-huh. cheesy for me it just doesn't hmm. i don't know what it is i'm some some other other people that's probably like their favorite scene <laughs> But there's yeah. some some about it to me is just like no, nah, it just doesn't, and it needs to be there to get Russell where he needs to be for the finale and stuff. I say finale is like just the last scene, but it's not really like <laughs> yeah. a grand finale to the movie. Um, but it's just like yeah, it's, it's the one scene. That's just like ah, could have used it a bit more. You know, it could have been written a bit better, or just something about it could have been dialed back, or it just rubs me the wrong way for for
1: whatever reason. Um. So I. Th- think i think i've covered all my notes how about you yeah i think that's Uh, me yeah yeah pretty much done going out on the concert scene starting the the first few seconds of the song of this song and we'll get to that more next week um so the big thing i think we need to finish up uh, with is your history with the movie Oh. You've kind of already told us a bit, a good awful lot about you know, <laughs> how high it ranks for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, this was just, I get, like I kind of alluded to it earlier, but like I think I was at the, at the prime position for this to be like a, a movie I really love. I, again, I know my the um, co-host in the in Batman is John. He's seen he's seen it when he was in his mid twenties, and he's like, it was okay. I don't really get the appeal. Yeah. Um, whereas I was like, I was sixteen when this came out. Uh, I was raised in a household that was very into '60s and '70s rock music because my dad was in a rock band in the '60s and '70s, mm-hmm. uh, and my brother again too. He was into like heavy metal and stuff in the '90s, so that was always a thing. Like vinyl records of like rock bands just lying around the place. Uh, and then when I was about 16, I started going out and hanging out with the, um, just you know, the, the friends you end up making when you're in when you're a teenager, like and the people kind of uh become your, your drinking buddy throughout the, the next couple of years and mm-hmm. stuff. And a lot of them were musicians. They spent a lot of time going to rock gigs where they would play covers of seventies rock songs. So then to uh to watch this movie as a because I'm, I'm not um particularly talented music wise myself. Like I'm, I can play you the chords of guitar, but I can't I'm not you know musically inclined. Mm-hmm. Um. so then someone like a character like William Miller who's just kind of like yeah, is an outlier, just kind of sitting observing from the sidelines mm-hmm. and yes. really like just resonated with me, like the, these scenes here of like going and meeting all these people who've got their cool band things going on for the first time, felt like I've kind of been here, I get this again, mm-hmm. very much like Dazed and Confused when the Wiley Wiggins character he's going to meet all these cool people who've got their own thing going and getting invited into that group that feeling you know, kind of it's the same kind of thing to me. And I saw that movie when I was sixteen as well. Um, so both of them hold a very uh you know, kinda of, you know, mm-hmm. treasured place in the in But beyond that though, it's like not even so much nostalgia, it's like it's such just a well made movie. Like you just watch it. It's like, yeah, everything about it is like you have characters because they're doing extravagant, decadent things and they're very self involved, could come across as horrible assholes. But mm-hmm. even the ones who are horrible assholes, like Jeff Beebe <laughs> He's so kind of funny, and he's well-played, so you kind of like him in spite of it as well. The fact that he's going around wearing a Jeff Bebe t-shirt and stuff later on, it's just like, oh, Jeff, what an asshole. Like, you just kind of have to laugh it off. Uh, and it's like, yeah, it's a great soundtrack, just a great performance from everybody. Um, yeah, just really have a, a great, great deal of time for this movie, so. Uh, I've, I've watched it several times again over the years, always having that little bit of dread of, like, it's ai um, I'm 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 a bitter, jaded old, crusty thirty year old now. I'm not gonna like this anymore. <laughs> and then watching it I've been like that was still really good. it's good to see
1: that it holds up. And it sounded like you, you you've watched the untitled Spider- oh, yeah. version yeah. too.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've, I've got the I've got the, the, the DVD of that um knocking about so I, I don't mm. know where a lot of my DVDs are now. It's about the move house and it's like they don't take as much pride of place as they used to which i'm sure William Miller would be disgusted by as a collector of vinyl himself but um yeah there's a just yeah a, a, a deep affection for this film and uh can't really yeah. beyond that one scene I said it was like that's the only bit that was like <laughs> nah it doesn't do it for me mm-hmm. everything else was just like yeah this just really it just really clicked like it's just a, a, a perfect saw the perfect time to really sweep me Oh, my feet has been like this is the greatest thing ever, and then for the years later to be like, no, it's just still, it's just it's it's so it's so well done and well constructed, and just solid a movie. Like you know, it could have gone wrong, but it didn't. They really yeah. just mm-hmm. they
1: just they just made it work. Well, that that's that's one of the things for the extended cut that um, I think it what might have been Spielberg that said to Crow, you know, shoot all of this, make every word in this script. You know, get it all, yeah. <laughs> do it all. <laughs> you know, and, and if you hadn't, we wouldn't have that untitled cut.
0: Yeah, yeah, Whatever the untitled cut to. is it is great yeah. too.
1: But it's like it's
0: yeah, um, yeah it's, you can't really uh, can really, one of these things. I can't really fault any of this. Like i even do in, um, in like talking about the uh, you know Tim Burton Batman movies as part of my own mm-hmm. podcast. We're constantly finding flaws to talk about in them, even though I love oh, yeah. those movies. But if I know if I was to do this whole movie, I don't know if I'd have but many bad things to say about it, really. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, not that We spend our whole time dissing on Batman, but it's just more. You're sitting there going like, "What the hell is up with this anyway?" But oh, that's great
1: anyway. So um, the the in the, the minutes that the, that I had for <laughs> Batman Returns spring to mind. The, Others, oh, the, yeah,
0: that's. Uh, Crazy level of continuity. That's just the like blackened eyes. Yeah, it's just Tim Burton going like, "Hey, we're we're, we're I'm breaking. I'm going home in ten minutes. The scene's gonna be done, or it's not gonna be done. I'm walking out of here." <laughs> but um, and I of course i never ever into like um, I don't know if I will have many you know problems to find with the next two movies. I mean, Batman mm-hmm. Forever and Batman and Robin are uh, historically rock solid films with uh, little <laughs> to no flaws in them. <laughs> so but uh but yeah yeah absolutely uh love this movie uh and thanks for having me on eric great. Great. i was, yeah, I was yeah, very I, happy to come on yeah. to thank talk you about for it. coming
1: that's been wonderful to have you on um so uh this was uh week um nine um any last minute plugs just real quick again bat minute right yep yeah, yeah just,
0: just google it yeah just go on bat minutes um yeah we'll just be on uh you know iTunes, any podcatcher, yeah. Spotify, as I believe. And then, yeah, we're on uh, all the social medias, uh, as far as I'm aware. Apparently, we even have a Tumblr, which I've never been on. <laughs> oh, wow. It's one of these things. John does a lot of this. He sets up the social media sites. Mm-hmm. So he's told me, like, we have a Discord and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> like, I've never been on it, but I'm sure it's great over there. <laughs> but I am very active. We do have on Facebook the Batman Listener's Cave, which is yeah. the, you know, the, the private group that you just send a request. We'll add you, we don't have any the standards aren't too high of the people we let in there (laughs) um and we're a lot more active over there just chit-chatting about um anything tangentially related to batman Mm -hmm. and tim burton and michael keaton even just like friggin hey that one guy who played like that goon in the jokers gang here's a thing he did like you can just come on and talk about that (laughs) if you want so um well everyone's all are welcome over there
1: yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we, uh, for this show, we have uh, the uh, Band Aids Listener Society. And uh, of course, you can find it at uh, facebook.com slash almost famous minute. And our Twitter handle, almost famous men. <laughs> One of those. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll be back uh, next week, uh, week 10 on Monday with minute 28. And thanks again, Niall. It's been great having you. Oh, anytime. Anytime, yeah. Eric. So until then. It's all happening. It's all happening.
3: I am a golden god! Hi, I'm Cindy Howes. Basic Folk is my podcast featuring honest conversations with folk musicians.
2: A crisis is actually kind of exhilarating. You know what to do. I unplugged from the internet. I walked every day, even if it was five below. Uh, one day I walked. I you had a good pair of gloves. I did. Great. Thank you.
3: <laughs> can you talk about Bob Dylan? I can. Uh, how you met him and your favorite memory of him? Well... You're not going to get that one. (laughs) This podcast fosters the folk music community and showcases a genre that is often misunderstood. Ironically, basic folk features complex conversations about the human experience witnessed from an artistic angle. Whatever I was telling myself in terms of like, oh, it's like important for me to like just keep my personal life and my career separate. No matter how you kind of justify it, there's something that's not good for you. The psychological buildup over time even of just like having to check myself in conversation that's just like not healthy how do you approach both of these like very straight worlds as a musician and as a human being who doesn't fit those stereotypes
2: i'm on a rainbow colored unicorn (laughs) flying at them and they they don't know what to do with me but i'm there like a little bee (laughs)
3: our definition of folk is extremely broad so you'll hear interviews from katie tunstall livingston taylor amanda shires and many more on basic folk available wherever you get your podcasts or at cindyhouse.net basic folk is part of the pantheon podcast group thanks for listening okay bye